Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't you get rid of the super PAC that you have right now, which is running very ugly negative ads about me, by the way. <laughs> don't laugh, Joe. That's just the truth. <laughs> I'm Mehdi Hassan. Welcome to a special post-debate episode of Deconstructed, which I'm recording from my house because of, well, you know, a certain virus. Hashtag social distancing. So, the democratic debate. Finally, it's what we were all waiting for. Well, okay, some of us were waiting for. Bernie versus Biden, on stage, together, one-on-one, mano-a-mano with no Tom Steyers or Tulsi Gabbards or John Delaney's in the way. And no audience either, by the way, because of the whole coronavirus scare. And it was a night on which both men had their moments. Yes, even Joe. Bernie, look, in the last uh, Super Tuesday and before that, Bernie outspent me two, three, four, five, six to one. And I still won. I didn't have any money. And I still won. But who won this all-important debate? that was made all the more urgent and crucial by, yes, this ongoing pandemic. Who emerged victorious? I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again, talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. What is true is you got to hand it to Joe Biden. For weeks, he was criticized for running for president while in clear cognitive decline, slammed for making gaffe after gaffe, accused even of suffering from dementia. And yet last night's debate saw Biden, at least in the first hour, crisper, uh, clearer, more coherent than he's ever been before. I mean, yeah, he called H1N1, N1H1. We've been through this before with uh, dealing with the viruses that the N1H1. But maybe that was the stutter. Here's the thing, though. Biden didn't spend much of the night making embarrassing mistakes or stumbling over sentences or saying mad stuff. But he did spend much of the night lying his ass off. This is the guy who the Democrats plan on running against the liar in chief come the fall. Someone whose response to sustained challenges on his record is to simply deny everything, is to make false, unsubstantiated claims is to expect us all not to believe clear video evidence of his lies, not to believe our own lying eyes? Seriously? And I know a lot of you listening to the show are thinking, but Mehdi, who cares? He's up against Trump, the biggest liar of them all. Well, I care. I don't think we should give Democrats who lie a pass while only focusing our ire, our outrage on Republicans who tell lies. Let's be consistent, please. Let's not be tribal or partisan hacks who only focus on the lies of our opponents. And Biden's lies were demonstrable, brazen, shameless, relentless. He said, for example, repeatedly last night that he never stood on the floor of the Senate and called for cuts to Social Security. All right. One more time. Were you on the floor time and time again, for whatever reason, talking about the need to cut 
Social Security, and Medicare and Veterans Program. No, I did not talk about the need to cut any of those programs. Okay. A lie. In fact, he did. Here he is in the Senate in January 1995. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant Veterans Benefit. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. When challenged on his super PAC and his rich backers, Biden responded by accusing Bernie Sanders of having his own super PACs. Nine, in fact. You get rid of the nine super PACs you have? I don't have nine super PACs. I don't have you any have super nine. PACs. You want me to list them? No, yeah, you go ahead and list okay. them. Come on, give me a break. By the way, Sanders there asks Biden to name them, these nine super PACs. He calls his bluff. And in classic bullshit artist fashion, Biden just says, come on, instead of naming them as he said he would. I can name these nine groups for you. Center for Popular Democracy Action, People's Action, Dream Defenders, Sunrise Movement, Make the Road Action, Our Revolution, Democratic Socialists of America, Progressive Democrats of America, Student Action. None of them are the kind of billionaire and multimillionaire-funded corporate-friendly groups that back people like Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and, yes, Donald Trump. Biden also said he, like Bernie, believes health care is a right, not a privilege. Senator Sanders and I both agree we need health care should be a right, not a privilege. Not true. If he believed health care was a right, he'd believe in universal health care. But Biden's plan, by his own admission, covers just 97% of the population, leaving 10 million Americans, 10 million Americans completely uninsured and tens of million more Americans underinsured. Another lie. Biden said he had nothing to do with the now notorious bankruptcy bill, which screwed over so many working people in this country in order to help protect the credit card industry. Joe, if my memory is correct, you helped write that bankruptcy bill. I did not. All right. I and that bankruptcy not. bill, by the way. That's a barefaced lie. Biden was known as the senator for MBNA, the credit card giant that was based in his state at the time. He lobbied for the bill, fought with then-law professor Elizabeth Warren over the bill, and even voted against an amendment that would have ensured that the children of debtors could still be given birthday and Christmas gifts. Wow. Thanks, Joe. In fact, here is then-Republican Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah thanking Biden for his efforts in getting the bankruptcy bill into law. Senators Biden and Carper have worked tirelessly for years on this legislation, and they've taken some tough votes to get it done, and I admire them for it. You would expect senators from Delaware, which is the corporate state, uh, to do their best to get this bill through, but they did. On climate change, Biden claimed last night he's now an opponent of fracking. No more, no new fracking. And by the way, he's lying. He's not an opponent of fracking. As his own surrogate Congressman Connor Lamb wrote in the Wall Street Journal just last month, quote, he has explicitly promised not to ban fracking. And when confronted by an activist who was upset with his position, Mr. Biden told him plainly, you ought to vote for someone else. On Iraq, too, Biden lied. I learned I can't take the word of a president when, in fact, they assured me that he would not use force. Not use force. Everyone knew George W. Bush was going to use force. To be clear, Biden himself was calling for U.S. military action against Iraq and Saddam Hussein in 1998, two years before George W. Bush even became president. It was another lie. And remember, a lie that cost hundreds of thousands of innocent lives. And he won't own it.
What was so frustrating, though, last night was that Joe Biden lied and lied and lied. And yet Bernie Sanders let him do it. Yes, Bernie pushed them on the Social Security cuts, but it was very tame, very friendly because Bernie Sanders likes Joe Biden. He always calls him my friend Joe, and he means it because he then pulls his punches. He's done it for the past year, and it's cost him, I'm sorry to say. Bernie's also just not a very good debater. Passionate and informed as he is, he doesn't ever seem to be able to go in for the kill. Take the Yemen war, which Bernie brought up last night. I have led the effort against all forms of authoritarianism, including America's so-called allies in the UAE and in Saudi Arabia. And in fact, as you may know, work with conservative Republicans to utilize for the very first time the War Powers Act to get the United States out of the horrific war in Yemen led by Saudi Arabia. You know what he should have said? To get the United States out of the horrific war in Yemen led by Saudi Arabia, which started on your watch, Joe, when you were in government with Barack Obama. You supported the Yemen war, which has killed kids while I have tried to end it. He should have said something like that, but he didn't. Biden got another pass live on national television in what was supposed to be the big debate, the last debate, the debate where Bernie takes him down. Last night, watching that debate in Washington, D.C., watching Biden lie and Bernie unable to pin him down on his lies, I really did miss Elizabeth Warren. I did. She could have skewered him. Then again, Warren had 10 debates to take down Biden, and she never did it either. For some bizarre, inexplicable reason, both progressive candidates held back when it came to Biden over the past year. And guess what? Today, Biden is on course to be the Democratic presidential nominee, and they're not. So you know what? I think Biden won the debate. I do. Not because he was better at debating, not because he had more substantive or inspiring or cleverer things to say, but because he lied and lied and lied and got away with it. He did. Bernie Sanders didn't knock him down and keep him down. And he had to do that if he was going to have any chance of coming out of that debate and making a comeback in this Democratic presidential race. Ryan Grimm, our DC bureau chief and a regular guest on this show, joins me again now, as he has done after previous debates, to give us his take on tonight's Bernie Biden head-to-head. Ryan, thanks for joining me on Deconstructed. Thanks for having me. So another debate. Uh, we've been we've been here together on these nights, uh, Ryan, on m- many times over the past year. I think there have been more than ten debates off the top of my head. Uh, none like this one. Just Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden on the stage. No audience um, because of the whole coronavirus issue. Filmed in Washington D.C. Um, what did you make of the debate as a whole? Well, it actually part of it played to Bernie's strength, you know, for he didn't have to try to yell over the audience or try to yell to the audience to try to get them fired up. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of effective when he's just uh, one-on-one. And you could see why Joe Biden's camp had been pushing to, you know, sit down at a table uh, and kind of hash it out in, in, in a more staid uh, kind of way, because as the evening went on, uh, Biden's energy was was clearly flagging, and his, his ability to put sentences together, you know, started 
um, falling started falling apart relative to you know the energy that he'd been able to bring kind of out of the gate so although although uh, to be fair to joe biden and you and i have discussed his uh, apparent sunsetting uh, on this show before in the wake of previous debates where he said mad stuff uh, by his own low standards uh, he was pretty sharp tonight and pretty engaged there wasn't that much evidence of any of the kind of decline that has been observed by many uh, so i think his camp will be pleased uh, that he came out of that without kind of any major quote-unquote gaffes yeah if you're if you're joe biden you know you're you're happy with what what you turn in because your 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 job at this point uh is to just not lose uh you know he he's in he's in the driver's seat if if nothing drastic changes in the dynamic of the of the race he has he has the nomination and so you know all he has to do is kind of not lose it to bernie and and even if you think that he lost the debate which i do bernie has a hard time winning debates so you, you could have one loser, but not necessarily a, a Yeah, a which, is why, not, I, which is why I actually about think... style. Which is why I actually think Biden is the winner, because fundamentally, Bernie had to right. win this debate as the insurgent, um, as, the, as, the, as the outsider, as the person who needed a victory. And I just think he didn't land enough blows. He called out Biden on various issues, like Social Security, which you've written about and I want to talk to you about. But there was... You know, while those of us in the know, quote unquote, could shout at the TV set saying that's a lie, the problem is Bernie didn't say it, and therefore people at home just heard two politicians say, "Well, you're not telling the truth." Well, I am telling the truth, and you know, who do who do who do I believe? I mean, let's take Social Security. You wrote a fact check mm -hmm. piece for the Intercept back in January, Ryan, that's been much shared on Twitter uh, uh, tonight after the debate. Uh, Joe Biden has advocated cutting Social Security for 40 years. Is the headline of that piece? Uh, but that's strange, Ryan, because he told us tonight that he hasn't done that. It, it was really quite remarkable, and and on, on some level, you you wonder what what Bernie can actually do at that point. You know, he he said to Biden repeatedly, he said, "So you didn't stand on the Senate floor and and boast about cutting Medicare, Social Security, and veterans benefits, or or boast about trying to cut Medicare, Social Security, and, and veterans benefits?" And repeatedly, uh, Biden said no. And uh, Bernie Bernie showed a little bit of his uh, luddite ness. Where he's what, what did he say? Go go to the website and check. Go to the go to the YouTube. Go to the go to the YouTube. Um, but if you do go to the YouTube, and so what? What clearly you know, millions of people did is they they went to the Google and and typed it in, and many of those you know stumbled on our article. Others others fell on to the YouTube videos that that are littered ac across the internet. Uh, of of him saying precisely that it this isn't this isn't something that he did once in in you know one moment of weakness in his career as he was like trying to like go to the right to win re-election or something in in delaware at some point no this was a a, a driving part of of his persona this was a, a a significant way that he showed voters back home that he was you know willing to to punch the hippies in the face that he was you know willing to go go up against his own party he really to quote tony blair it's much worse than you think i really believe this stuff right yes and throughout the uh middle of the obama administration when uh when the obama biden administration turned toward austerity you know biden was one of the lead negotiators working with congress in trying to craft a grand bargain, uh, one of the headline and goals the Bowles of which Simpson was Commission. the Bowles. So there was there was the Super Committee, there was the Bowles Simpson Commission, and then there was a thing called the Biden Committee. 
Uh, he, he literally had his name there on was, the well, thing. Hold on. There was a committee named after Joe Biden that was devoted to looking for cuts. Yes, it was It was called the Biden Committee. It was Biden uh, and, and, and uh, Eric Cantor were the kind of leaders of it. Uh, Bol- Former Republican congressman. Right, uh, Bowles Simpson, uh, was the staff director on it, was Bruce Reed, who had come over from the White House where he was chief of staff to Joe Biden. He said in the debate that he did not support Bowles Simpson. So was this a rogue move by his longtime staffer, Bruce Reed, to sneak out of the White House and go be staff director for this commission that now Joe Biden says he was he was a opposed to I mean, what's it, so it, fascinating about the biden position is as as bernie tried but kind of stumbled in saying is he could say i believe that then i don't believe it now it was a mistake as he says on iraq um he could say actually that was the right thing to do at the time confronted by republicans confronted by rising deficits he but he doesn't do either of those things he just lies and says right. nope had right. nothing to do with me multiple times tonight it, it's something that his his staff talk about uh jeff Connaughton, has written a book about uh, Biden, a former longtime staffer of his, and you know he he gets into that propensity of Biden's that when he's in a corner, he doesn't spin his way out of it like uh, like somebody like Bill Clinton, where when you come away from it, you feel like you were lied to, but then you you parse the language that Clinton used and you and you see that there were some you know subtle things put in there that uh, that maybe okay you know depending on the meaning of the word is. Like, okay, maybe there was, you know, it wasn't a total lie. Whereas Biden is is much more direct and he'll just, like you said, he'll just lie when when the evidence is right there in front of you. The, the bankruptcy bill part was <laughs> remarkable. One of yeah. Biden's chief legislative accomplishments, you know, throughout the, starting in the late 90s and f- ultimately finally passing in 2005 was the bankruptcy bill, which was... You know, pushed yeah. hardest by MBNA, the credit card issuer out of out of Delaware. That was based out of Delaware, and that his son Hunter Biden, remember was him, working was working for. for at the time. Yep. Um, and you know, Mitch McConnell. And, and by the way, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot of people try and frame this as just, you know, Bernie socialist versus kind of Biden neoliberal. It's actually much more simpler than that. It was Biden versus everyone else. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama were in the Senate and voted against that bill. Biden voted for it and George W. Bush signed it into law. Well, Clinton's actually a little more complicated. Warren, Warren, as a professor, talked her into talking Bill Clinton into vetoing it. 
uh, as yes. as one of his last acts in the Clinton administration. But Biden didn't give up, kept pushing it. And then Clinton, as senator from New York, actually did vote for it. And that's one of the reasons that she and Warren kind of fell out. But yes, Biden never gave up on that. When it passed on, on the Senate floor, Mitch McConnell and Orrin Hatch both, you know, uh, you know, slobbered praise all over Joe Biden to, for his his dedication and his help <laughs> in writing the legislation, and just he sat up there on stage and and said that this thing that he was publicly involved with for seven or eight years, he wasn't actually involved with. It, you know, it's just kind of head spinning and. Um, you, you wonder what Bernie could have done with it. Maybe Elizabeth Warren or somebody else who's like a more you know, skilled debater. Warren was literally a debate champion in high school or whatever. Kamala, a Kamala Harris even? Right, a, a Kamala. You know, it, it just not... Does, it's not a, it's not Bernie's style. Right. And B, we know that Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are friends. Bernie considers him to be a friend. There was extensive BuzzFeed reporting last week about how lots of people on Bernie's team uh, had been pushing people like David Sirota, his speechwriter, who's been very active on Twitter, calling out Biden's lies on Social Security. They'd been pushing Bernie to take a stronger stance against Biden for months. And he just refused. And that's the irony that Bernie gets attacked for being toxic and encouraging a toxic, abusive culture online. And the irony is Biden's going to be the Democratic presidential nominee because Joe Biden, because Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the two progressives, both pulled their punches. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bankruptcy bill, Ryan, wasn't even mentioned till tonight. You and I have discussed it before. It has not made an appearance in any previous debate. And when it came up tonight, Bernie didn't even land a blow. And the moderators, forget the moderators didn't bring it up either. Yeah, your 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 point is right, and, and particularly about Warren. Uh, you know, we wrote about the the bankruptcy fight that that Biden and, and Warren had ahead of one of the debates because we were, you know, she was surging in the polls, and we assumed, oh, well, yes. it's of course it's going to come up this time. So let's make sure that all of the history is laid out in, in in one place for for readers here, and it didn't come up. And you know, that's on Elizabeth Warren as well. Um, to to allow Joe and, Biden and, to and, have and this Bernie pass. people have been saying to me tonight. I spoke to someone on his team and said, "Look, why 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 are you doing all this stuff? You know, online and you know after the debates, but on the night your guy never ever gonna you know uh, uh, goes for it." Um, and he always seems to pull his punches. And they were like, well, Elizabeth Warren could have done this as well. But who cares? It, tonight, there was no Elizabeth Warren. There's no time for right. whataboutism. Tonight was Bernie Sanders's moment. We were told again and again, watch for the one-on-one debate. And yeah, you know, it, it, people say, well, what could he have done? You mentioned earlier, look, uh, in my other role, as you know, Ryan, uh, I, I interview uh, kind of politicians for a living. I try and kind of ask tough questions I've seen uh, a few on, my, of on my TV show. And, you know, there's certain things he could have done, Bernie Sanders. He could have, for example, had the specific quote from the YouTube mm-hmm. and said, you said this on X date, you're lying. Use the L word. Um, and people people might get upset and say, well, you're crippling the candidate going into general election. But the fundamental problem here is Biden's lying is going to catch up with him during the general election. The fact that Trump is a greater liar is not going to be a shield that Biden can use forever. Right, especially because, you know, Biden is trying to, uh, is going to have to try to bring out the youth vote. That is, you know, Bernie Sanders' specialty. That's what that's what he kind of brings to the table. He, uh, Biden is getting absolutely slaughtered among among young voters in the primaries. Now, uh, Biden would argue, well, you know, Bernie hasn't been able to bring them out at the same level that I've been able to bring out older voters. And okay, that's true. And there are structural 
um, obstacles to getting out young people in, in primaries that, that aren't necessarily there in the general because the, the general election becomes this massive cultural phenomenon where a primary in your state, you have, have to be plugged in a little bit uh, to know about it. Y- young voters care deeply about authenticity. And so you're, I think you're, you're definitely going to see Trump kind of use that, um, use that against uh, Biden. And like you said, the fact that Trump does something himself and that it's hypocritical to attack an opponent uh, would never uh, stop him. It would never stop him or the Republicans. Um, And, you know, there was that great moment where Biden said, oh, you've got nine super PACs. And Bernie said, well, name them. And he goes, goes, you want me to name them? And he said, yeah, go name them. And he goes, oh, come on. And then it moves on. And that's classic. That's the classic (laughs) tell of kind of a fabricator. You know, they're trying to see what they can get away with a bullshit merchant. Um, you know, what can you get away with? How much can you get away with, especially on live television? And it's interesting because the the Biden kind of calculated lies and sheer, uh, you know, up is down, black is white. I wasn't a bankruptcy build uh, sponsor or writer goes against the other image, which you and I, to be fair, have discussed at length as well, which is, you know, he's off his mind, he's off his rocker, he's in decline. Uh, And it's kind of Trumpian in that way. Again, I want to be clear, it's nowhere near the same level of Trump's delusions, nowhere near the same level of Trump's dishonesty. But there is a bit of kind of, is it a delusion? Is he he just fabricated? Is it a bit of both? I can't work it out when I watch him on stage. Yeah, he doesn't handle uh, criticism well. And that's one thing that his you know, people close to him have said over the years, uh, there. You know, the the kind of uh, uh, the the big smiling Joe Biden that you see in public, uh, in more intimate settings, gets has much sharper elbows, um, and just uh, and put pushes back hard uh, against against criticism internally, and then will 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 be both mean and and will lie about his his record to kind of push forward you know in the 1988 uh presidential race you know he was he was drummed out primarily for a plagiarism scandal uh but also for a major scandal about lying about his involvement in the civil rights movement and his staff kept telling him you know this is a problematic thing for you to say because it's not true and he'd say yeah okay fine and he'd go out and continue to say it and he ultimately had to apologize for it but but his, and here, here he is 20 well, years later still well, saying... Well, you, you mentioned the staff. He's surrounded by very qualified people. He's surrounded by very kind of some of the top strategists mm-hmm. in the party. And you would expect them to have said to him, you know, Bernie Sanders is going to bring up your bankruptcy bill, Mr. Vice President. What are you going to say in response? And did he tell his staff, I'm just going to say it had nothing to do with me? And they signed off on that? <laughs> right. Because the Republicans are going to go to town no, with some right. attack ads on some of this stuff. Trump, and people forget this, Trump attacked Hillary Clinton from the left on Goldman Sachs, on the Iraq war, on mass incarceration. You know, cynical Republicans have no problem kind of coming at a candidate from the left if they think it'll divide his base or keep some of them at home. Watch, Trump will even uh, thank Joe Biden for passing such a nice bankruptcy uh, law that allowed him to (laughs) file for bankruptcy four times. So I tweeted uh, recently and I got attacked by a lot of people because they didn't believe me, but I tweeted genuinely saying, look, my problem with Joe Biden, I have many problems with Joe Biden, but my biggest problem with Joe Biden is not that he's going to win and be some awful neoliberal shill, although that might be an issue. My biggest problem is I worry he won't win, that, you know, he's going to crash and burn against Donald Trump in the general. So tonight, Biden made some news by uh, kind of uh, not floating by saying outright he's going to nominate a female uh, politician as his vice presidential running mate. Were you surprised by that? Uh, not exactly, because like you said, uh, he has extremely good staff around him, and and they clearly calculated accurately 
that if he made that announcement during the debate, that no matter what other flubs there might have been, and they, you know they're, they're never sure what kind of the performance he's going to turn in, <laughs> uh, that the headline is going to be out of the debate. You know, Biden says he will uh, name a, uh, a female VP, and you know that's a great headline because it 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 solidifies the idea that Biden is the nominee. Especially when Bernie Sanders couldn't commit in the same way. He said, I'd be very likely to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Biden got that win there with that announcement. Of course, we don't know who that female candidate is. I saw lots of people cheering on Twitter. You know, if it's Elizabeth Warren, I'm sure you and I would be pleased. Um, uh, especially since, you know, she's got a real chance of being president under a Biden presidency. Um, if it's Tulsi Gabbard, I'm sure lots of those liberals cheering would not be cheering. Obviously, it's not going to be <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. But my point being, we don't know who the candidate is. It's great if it's a woman because... American politics has lacked a woman at the top for far too long, embarrassingly uh, too long. Um, but it, yeah, as you say, it's a great move, a calculated move. Uh, who do you think that female candidate would be? Stacey Abrams? That's the, always been the chatter with Biden. Yeah, I think it would be either Abrams, uh, Kamala Harris, or, or Amy Klobuchar. Um, I, don't, I don't see Warren. I don't think he, I, I don't think he uh, likes her at all. Um, it, it, anything's possible. You know, if he feels like that's his path to the to the ring uh then you know can you imagine if it's klobuchar can you imagine if it's klobuchar (laughs) it would just be like the two of them making one gaffe after another one bad joke after another and then getting smashed on mass incarceration from now until november by left and right true but we have to remember that uh the 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 situation in november uh november of 2020 is going to bear zero resemblance to the one that we're sitting in right now, because we will be That's true. either still in the grip of or or having come out of, you know, a a devastating pandemic that that will Very have ripped through this country and and probably ripped through uh, Trump's approval rating is if it hasn't ripped through him personally. Although weirdly, if you look at the polls right now, there's been no dent in his. But he, he basically sticks at forty percent. It doesn't shift. You know, maybe he has to readjust that famous quote. I could, I could give, I could give coronavirus to a voter in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and they wouldn't drop. <laughs> they wouldn't stop supporting me. Right, but if if you're a, a Trump supporter and Trump has been telling you that this is a hoax and it's not real and and, and the media's hyping it, then there, of course, then there's no reason yet for you to have. Um, you know, turned turn, turned on yeah. Donald Trump because nobody in your community has has died yet, unless you're in in Washington State or, um, you know, the the second that it leaves some of the major metropolitan areas, and and people start being impacted by it, people start seeing people get sick and and die, uh, you know, then 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 I think that changes. Yeah, I think uh, to to borrow the language of Donald Rumsfeld, you could call coronavirus the unknown unknown that we kind of nobody really said, oh, what if there's a pandemic in 2020? Uh, no one saw it coming. No one right. kind of, no one gamed in a kind of a, a deadly 100 year, once in a 100 year uh, pandemic. On the other hand, as you say, the impact, political impact of the coronavirus could be what Rumsfeld called a known unknown. Uh, we know there's definitely going to be an impact. I don't right. know if it's going to be definitely negative or not for Trump because, you know, there's talk about, oh, you know, him saying, oh, let's postpone the election, which obviously, the, just to be clear to listeners, the president cannot do. Congress can only do that. Um, but, you know, he could, you know, he's not he's not unused to using crises to build up his own power, to act more authoritarian, to scapegoat foreigners and the other it's not necessarily going to be all i suspect you know bet it probably will be negative for him and it should be because he's handled it horrifically badly but there's no guarantee of that in this crazy world we now live in 
No, but it, you know, it's a world historic level crisis, and and I think even uh, that's outside of even his amazing talents for <laughs> manipulating crises to his advantage. But but I also think both candidates tonight handled the situation poorly. You know, they they both had an opportunity to uh, provide yes. some kind of leadership yes. that is miss that is desperately missing in this country because of who the, who the president is, and instead they. They said, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with people, and you know, I'm, yeah. I'm washing my hands more more times than I can count. They <laughs> Biden say, talked about having a sanitizer in his bag or something. Right, that's great. I'm I'm glad he does. Um, but they they didn't say stay inside. They didn't they didn't yes. emphasize what, yeah, what people I, yeah, can exactly. do, can and need to do. And Biden even said, "Well, I don't have any of those risk factors that you mentioned." Even though Dana Bash had met, one of them was over seventy. So he's kind of contributing to the denial by by suggesting that if you don't if you didn't recently have a heart attack, then this isn't something that that you need to worry about, which kind of dovetails with his his tweet from earlier before the debate where he was telling everybody, if you feel healthy and you're not at risk of catching uh, COVID-19, you should go out and vote, which is absurd. Who's not at risk? Who, I know. I, I, was, I, I, t- I tweeted in response saying, is there like a Kryptonian among us who can just pop out and is immune right. to human yes. illnesses? Uh, Supergirl, Superman. Uh, it was very what he meant weird. is if you're a dog. Yeah. Uh, but here's, I mean, as you say, I would have liked to see them unite to say two things. Number one, Donald Trump, you know, is the cause of unnecessary deaths that are coming your way. And it called that politicizing the crisis? I don't care. It's factually true. And number two, they should have looked down the barrel of the camera and said, stay the fuck at home. Yeah. Unless you have to go out, unless your job doesn't allow you to go out, unless you have to go out for groceries, whatever it is. But the, the kind of mass gatherings we've seen over the weekend, the kind of stuff in Boston, the bars being full in New York, uh, that should be that, that should have Demo- top Democrats calling that out. Which then brings you to the question of what top Democrats should do about the mass gathering on Tuesday in Arizona, Florida, Illinois, uh, and Ohio. The the Democratic primaries, like the, the CDC, is telling people that there that there ought not to be gatherings of fifty or or more people. Uh, other health officials are saying that that fifty is way too high of a number for them to put out. But let's say they go with fifty. There's no way you hold an in in person. Uh, primary on Tuesday, and comply with those guidelines, and and nobody so what, seems so what to be. So, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think should happen? What do you think can happen? Last question. I think they should postpone them and and uh, move them to uh, mail elections. It's it, it's not worth you know exponentially exploding uh, the pandemic, especially when if Biden wins, he continues to cruise to the nomination, and if Sanders wins. Party officials will say, well, look, this was weird. There was super low turnout. You've disenfranchised a bunch of old people that couldn't vote. So we're going to invalidate these and and do them over again. So Sanders is literally in a no-win situation. Um, In order to prevent the pandemic from exploding, I think they have to postpone them. The pandemic is the big story, rightly so, for the rest of the year. The Democratic debates were dominating our headlines in recent weeks. Is it over for Bernie after this debate is done? I don't see a pa- I don't see a path for him uh, for for the reasons that we kind of said. Now, if they if they do end up postponing it and uh, Biden continues to you know perform poorly out on the campaign trail, maybe. But he doesn't have to go out on the campaign trail. He can cite the pandemic and just and just do his you know Facebook town halls where he you know, wanders aimlessly off 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 of camera. <laughs> uh, you know, his performance did not tonight did not inspire confidence that, that this is the the guy you want going into this life or death battle 
um, against the against President Trump. Um, but right now, he's the guy unless something dramatic happens. Ryan, always great having you on the show for your analysis. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a good evening. That was Ryan Grimm, The Intercept's DC bureau chief, author of a fascinating book on the modern history of the Democratic Party, We've Got People. And that's our show. Stay safe, people. Try and stay indoors unless you have to go out. And take it from this Muslim. Stay away from crowded bars. You can drink at home. Seriously, you can. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Mehdi Hassan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mehdi R. Hassan. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week, even on nights like this one, special nights. Go to theintercept.com forward slash deconstructed to subscribe from your podcast platform of choice, iPhone, Android, whatever. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps new people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Thanks so much. See you next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.